It is Thursday, September 10th. This is Jaguars Happy Hour. And now, Bronson, Missouri's number one Celine Dion impersonator, J.P. <laughs> Shadrick. I have never been to Bronson, Missouri. Not yet. Maybe at some point down the line. Welcome in. It's Jaguars Happy Hour on this Thursday of game week. J.P. Shadrick from the home studio. Jeff Lagerman at his home studio. Tony Baselli coming up. Here's what's coming up on the program. We'll have a preview of the Colts Jaguars matchup in week one right around the corner. Big test for this Jaguars defense. Certainly how they played against the run last season was not good enough. Far from it. They'll get a test this week against a Colts team that ran the ball very effectively last year. The debut of the Jaguars offense is on the docket coming up. What will this thing really look like? And uh, we'll find out. Tony Baselli joins us at 4.30 today. And then Doug Marone joins us at 5 o'clock on the Doug Marone Show. Jeff Lagerman, good afternoon. It's game week, finally. Hey, JP. Yeah, excited. Uh, we got a little football action tonight. And then uh, the Jaguars home opener against the division opponent on Sunday. So it's setting up to be a pretty good week. Yeah, I, I would say some game tonight, uh, a fantastic matchup of quarterbacks tonight. The defending champions are at Arrowhead this evening against the Texans. Well, you know, we're going to pick that game a little bit later in the show. I know you can't wait for that. Let's uh, get to the news of the day. The Jags back on the practice field Thursday to get ready for the Colts. They uh, were one running back shorter, though. Devina Zigbo placed on the reserve injured list after that hamstring injury that he missed practice with yesterday, so he's gone. The Jaguars signed, all right, I'm going to try this, Logs. Dare Ogunbowale. Is it close? Yeah, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Uh, a couple tricky names there. You know, very surprising about Ozigbo. I mean, holy cow, uh, a hamstring in practice. Uh, just kind of odd there. And especially with all the attention that the Jaguars running back position has gotten this week and last week with the release of Leonard Fournette. And, uh, and then James Robinson, when they put out the depth chart, he's right at the top of it. And so the expectation was, okay, it's going to be a shared role between Thompson, Ozigbo, and Robinson. And now Ozigbo goes to IR, which means that he can come back later on in the season and play for this football team. And then they go and sign Dare Ogumboale. And uh, the only reason that I can pronounce that is that we played the Texans when he was with the Texans, and it was one of the most challenging names that, uh, that I had to pronounce. And, and the easy way, and I always do it, I've got these uh, little flip card, my cheat sheets, JP, and that you've seen me yes. carrying it around all the time. And I make a ton of notes. And if I have a guy's name that is incredibly hard to say or to pronounce, I write the name out phonetically. That way that uh, even Baselli could read my chart and get it right even though he doesn't. You know what's funny, though? I have it spelled out phonetically as well, and I still butchered it. But, <laughs> hey, that's the way it goes sometimes. But we'll uh, get used to that name because he's one of three running backs that, uh, at least currently, are on the active roster for the Jacksonville Jaguars. The injury report just came out as well. Josiah Scott, rookie cornerback, was added today. He did practice full, though, but he's listed with a shoulder uh, so, but a full practice was not on the list yesterday. Tyler Eifert, full today after a scheduled day off Wednesday. James O'Shaughnessy practiced yesterday, but a scheduled day off today. 
Tyler Davis, the rookie tight end from Georgia Tech with a knee issue, has not practiced this week yet. And then Adam Gotsis added to the list with a scheduled day off today. And then, as we mentioned, Devon Zigbo is on injured reserve. So there's your at least Thursday injury report for the Jags. And if you look at the Colts' side logs, the whole left side of the offensive line for the Colts is on the list today. Yeah, I don't think that's a big deal with them. Uh, you know, I think that's more of a precautionary thing. You know, I don't want to say it's a scheduled day off because if that was the case, it would it would end up saying that like the Jaguars have certain guys that have scheduled days off. Uh, but I, I think those are more precautionary. You know, I think the concern and what is going to be interesting, I know that we'll have to talk to Doug Marone about this later on during the Doug Marone show, is that this year the rules are a little bit different about how you can bring guys up from the practice squad as opposed to what they've been in the past. You know, this year you had the expanded practice squad roster in which you can have even veterans, and the, and the number was expanded to 16. Well, in past years, if you wanted, for example, let's say Davis the tight end, let's say he can't play this week. Well, what would you do? Well, you would release somebody off of your 53 to be able to elevate maybe a, a, an Ellison. Or a, did I say that right? Uh, yeah, Ellison. Ben, ben Ellison, the yes. other, yeah, the young tight end that <laughs> they have that on the practice squad. Too. <laughs> yes, from North Dakota State. Well, in years past, they would have to let somebody go to, to be able to elevate Ellison off the practice squad to be able to play on game day. The rules are different this year. And, uh, and I was talking to Doug Run a little bit about that earlier today, and we'll go into greater detail with it with him because he can explain it, I think, a whole lot better than me. But now you don't have to release somebody to elevate somebody from the practice squad, which is a, a big difference than in years past. So essentially what the practice squad is now, it's really just an expanded roster. And I think the only difference is, is that if a player is elevated, from the practice squad to be active on game day, then he ends up getting a minimum salary, 117th paycheck instead of a practice squad salary. So it gives the teams great flexibility. And obviously the whole reason that they put this in was in the case of a huge outbreak of COVID-19 with a football team. They wanted to allow teams to be able to fill the team. Say, hey, look, if you got 15 guys or 16 guys, hey, just elevate the whole practice squad and let's go because with contact tracing, you never know what might end up happening if all of a sudden one guy's sick and then he was around 12 other guys or 15 other guys, you may end up having to utilize all of that practice squad. So even though the rules were designed for COVID-19, JP, I think the rules provide a lot of flexibility for teams this year to be able to utilize that practice squad in a much different fashion than what they have done in past years. And, you know, considering that there was no preseason games this year, it kind of gives some guys that may not have had a chance to, to really show a lot under the lights, which they might not still, but at least they're still involved with an NFL team with an expanded opportunity on the, on the practice squad. I'm excited to hear what Doug Marone says about that. Uh, let's hear from Doug Marone now. In fact, uh, he was asked this week, with the opener looming on the horizon here a few days away, is it exciting or daunting? Well, it's definitely exciting. <laughs> you know, I mean, you, you know, you see a bunch of guys that have worked, you know, extremely hard. You see guys that are pulling together. Um, you know, I'm not, you know, obviously you can't predict, you know, what's, what's going to occur. But, um, you know, the, the, the focus, um, 
you know, all the things that you're looking for that you're kind of checking off the box, uh, things that may uh, cause you anxiety. You know, we've worked extremely hard about, you know, discipline. We've worked extremely hard on penalties. We've worked extremely hard in, you know, not turning the ball over and creating turnovers. So, you know, we've, we put a lot of time in this and, and it's been reflective in the practice. Now, um, you know, when you go out there and play, you know, you expect that to carry over, but that doesn't always happen. Head coach Doug Marone earlier this week. Yeah, I mean, excited. That's the way he has to be, right? I mean, he's the head coach of the team. This is a group that he believes in. Uh, it is a younger, skews younger, but they are veteran in certain key areas, especially the offensive line. So he's excited for what this team can bring to the table this year, Logs. Well, first and foremost, you know, a lot of people say, oh, how, how can you be excited because you're young and this team is tanking? Look, they put together a roster that they think that they can win with, but then also build to the future with. Now, is that going to happen or not? I mean, that's debatable, you know, and you can argue different ways, and then eventually the win and loss record is going to end up being the truest indicator, obviously, of was it the right thing to do and is it the right thing to do. But there's a lot of reason for excitement this week, JP, whether you have a young football team or whether you have an older football team. I mean, right now, first off, it's kickoff weekend. And kickoff weekend in the NFL is incredible, especially when the nation is still in the midst of a global pandemic and many people didn't even expect the NFL to be able to pull this off. So it's exciting from that aspect. Also, it is the home opener. And in home openers, even though you're not going to have 65,000 plus strong, it still means something. And also it's a divisional opponent. You know, so <laughs> even though you're going against teams to where the, the whole secrecy thing and, and to where, you know, nobody knows what they did in the preseason. You don't get to see their players. And, uh, and the teams, as we know, JP, they went to their utmost to protect all of their little trade secrets because camps were closed this year and weren't seen by other teams. You know, even though all of that happened, there's, there's still some unknowns, but there's so much excitement, I think, when the season gets started. I don't care if you're, you're the favorite, the Kansas City Chiefs playing tonight, or you're the Jacksonville Jaguars, which many people have 32 on the power poles, there's always excitement to the newness of a season. And right now, it's zero and zero. Everybody's zero and zero, and then that's why they play the games. We're going to find out this weekend where this Jaguars football team is at. And I'll, I will say this, too, not only this week, but the next week, the Titans on the road in Nashville. I mean, we're, we're going to get a really good idea of how the Jaguars are going to fare in the AFC South really quick this season, the first two weeks of the year. Here they come. <laughs> well, and let me kind of add to that because, you know, during this past Saturday when the general manager, Dave Caldwell, talked, he alluded to that and said that, hey, look, we're going to know right away we've got a couple tough games. And obviously uh, some people are picking the Colts and the Texans to be favorites, et cetera, et cetera. And... You know, look, you don't play the first two weeks to find out where you're at, where you're at. You know, you play to win. And then you figure out where you're at at the end of the season. That's what matters. It doesn't matter where you are in week two. Because as a football team, you can still get better in, from week one, week two, all the way until you're week 16. You know, and I think that's what Bill Belichick has had such great success in New England is that he always, even though he had Tom Brady and Gronkowski, and that he always preached improvement throughout the season, and his teams always improved. 
throughout the regular season. So I'm a little, I don't want to say shocked, but I'm a little surprised that, at, you know, the, the comments of that, you know, after two weeks, we're going to know where we are. Well, again, I want to say that, look, after two weeks, it doesn't matter where you are. It's after 16 weeks. You know, the, the whole goal is to get to the playoffs, win the division, get to the playoffs, and get in the tournament race. And so with a young football team, I think the most important thing is, is that you got to get better every week so that when the end of the season rolls around, you feel good about where you are and where you can be. All right, let's come back in a moment, Logs, and we'll get into the Jaguars' defense and what they have in store this week against a Colts offense with one of the top rushing attacks in the league last year and, oh, by the way, a future Hall of Fame quarterback now in Phillip Rivers. Uh, the Jags have launched an organization-wide commitment to voter education organized by players and coaches and designed to encourage fans to get in the game with a call for civic engagement. The Jags are calling for fans in Florida to register to vote by the October 5th deadline. Visit jaguars.com vote as a resource for voter registration and key deadlines. And we're off and running. It's Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network. Hi, I'm Tito Beveridge, founder and master distiller at Tito's Handmade Vodka. In 1997, we became the first micro distillery in the state of Texas, and we're still making the same smooth stuff after all these years. We're still cooking in a pot still, working with our dogs by our sides, having fun and tasting batches, and I'm still wearing the same hat even after all these years. Head over to titosvodka.com to learn more about what else we're doing the same. Cheers. 80 proof Tito's Handmade Vodka, distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas. titosvodka.com. Dreamfinders Homes has a simple commitment to their home buyers. Deliver unsurpassed quality, uncompromising value, and an extraordinary level of customization you simply won't find with other home builders. With over 40 communities to choose from, you'll find a location you love and the home of your dreams. Dreamfinders has townhomes, single-family homes, and custom estate homes starting from the high 100s and a wide selection of move-in ready homes. Quality, value, customization, that's the Dreamfinders difference. Call 904-738-0165 or online at dreamfindershomes.com. Dreamfinders Homes, the official home builder of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Prices subject to change without notice equal housing opportunity jaguars fans whether it's on the field or in your finances the key to success is a solid plan from high yield banking to home lending into retirement and beyond tiaa bank offers solutions that can help you achieve your goals and make the most of your money it's time for a plan start building your legacy today at tiaabank.com jaguars tiaa bank is a division of tiaa fsb member fdic Equal Housing Lender and the official bank of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Hey Jacksonville, this is Joe Adib from Bono's. I just want to let you know that we have now reopened all of our dining rooms. We appreciate all the love that you have showed us during this crisis. For over 71 years, we have been here for you through good times and bad. Our award-winning barbecue and our unbelievable staff look forward to seeing you soon. Be safe. Committed to the team. Committed to the mission. At Navy Mutual, we're committed to providing high-quality life insurance to members of the military and their families. So our policies have no fine print and no military service restrictions. We don't work on commission. We're nonprofit, so we pass the savings along to our members. Because at Navy Mutual, our highest commitment is to you. Visit NavyMutual.org. Navy Mutual ensuring those who serve. At ViStar, we believe in better. 
better convenience so members can bank any way they want whether it's at a branch on a mobile device or at one of more than 20,000 fee-free ATMs across North America we believe that people have better things to do with their time if you believe that convenience is better join ViStar we never forget that it's your money all loans subject to approval insured by NCUA I think it's, you know, one of their strengths. They've added some great weapons on the outside, too, and obviously Phillip. But um, I think that's the strength of their ball club. Um, you know, we're going to have our work cut out for us. Um, they're very good players. Um, I think we have some good matchups that, that uh, we're going to try to get to in, in different situations and stuff like that. But um, it is definitely their strength, and it, we're going to have to challenge our guys up front. It's, it's, it's been a week where we are, have challenged the heck out of our front. And, uh, you know, they're one of the best fronts in the league, and we're, we're fortunate enough that we get to see them twice a year. <laughs> Todd Wash <laughs> talking about the Colts offensive line. Welcome back, Jaguars Happy Hour. J.P. Shadrick from the home studio. Jeff Lagerman from his home studio. And we're about uh, 15 minutes or less away from Tony Baselli joining us at 430. So here we go right in the fire against one of the top offensive lines in football. And we mentioned earlier that, Three of the guys are, are on the injury report, but it just doesn't seem like they would miss the opener. But who knows? Let's. But this is a group that logs. They have thrown so much money at this position, at, the, at this group uh, across the front over the last couple of years to really solidify things. Their draft equity and some free agent money and new contracts. I mean, look at the numbers. Costanzo's on a two-year deal, $33 million. Quentin Nelson's still in his rookie deal. All guaranteed, 23.8. Ryan Kelly just got paid, 50 million total contract. Glowinski, the right guard, three years, 16 million. Braden Smith, a second-year player, a second-round pick, still at his rookie deal, but they feel like he's a, a really solid player on the right side too. So, it's a successful group. It's a consistent group. They didn't miss a snap last year across the front, and they're all back. And most of these guys are paid, so uh, it's a pretty good group. Somewhere going, why in the hell did you finally decide to address the offensive line with me gone? <laughs> right? I mean, <laughs> I mean, he took a beating while he was with Indianapolis, and Ryan Grigson, the general manager, essentially got fired for it, and rightly so. But I think what is, is interesting is that the things you mentioned about the Colts, that you know they played all 16 games last year, and they were, I think, the only offensive line that were all able to do that and play every play. But the Jaguars are also returning all five starters from the offensive line from a year ago. This I don't know how many times this has ever happened in league history where do you have an opening game on kickoff weekend where both teams return all five starters from the year before. It's very rare. And obviously, right. it's something that because that is the case that both teams have an expectation out of that offensive line to be something that you can count on. And the Colts have proven that they can be counted on as an offensive line. The Jaguars are trying to reach that level of success. And so I think it's going to be a, an interesting watch, and it obviously makes Phillip Rivers very comfortable when you're talking about a 17th-year quarterback 
who is a little long in tooth and maybe the not the most fleet of foot. He doesn't have great escapability outside of the pocket, but he can maneuver in a pocket. And I'm sure it was one of the big reasons why Philip Rivers decided to go to Indianapolis. I mean, look, talk about comfort level. You know, leaving San Diego slash LA, and I'm surprised I got both of those cities mentioned with the Chargers, which I'm proud of myself for that, JP, by the way. And then all of a sudden, he's got some familiarity with Frank Reich and, and Sirianni, the offensive coordinator, and they have a great offensive line. I mean, does it get any better than that for Phillip Rivers to continue his career? And, uh, I mean, I, I think it's a pretty great setup for a guy like him. Now, before we went to the break, you referred to him as a future Hall of Famer. That's debatable. Yes. I, think, I think it's a Is great it? argument, but I, I wouldn't put him in that category yet. I, I don't think there's much of a debate, Logs. I'll be honest with you. He's you know top five, know, top JP, ten in most on. every statistical category. I know he hasn't won one. I know, but, but uh, well, I know I, I I get you. But you know when, when you when you play quarterback and you coach, what are you judged on? Wins, winning the big one. <laughs> the big one, yeah, wins in in the big one, yeah. and and he hasn't yeah. he hasn't done that so. Uh, is is it enough to get him in the Hall of Fame? Probably so, uh, but I don't think he's a he's he's not going in on roller skates now. So uh, a potential Hall of Famer is a better way to refer to him. I know it's a it's a one year deal for him, so this might be his swan song this season. It does help though when you have a running attack like the Colts have. We saw, of course, this firsthand last year. I think it was Week 11 Ooh. last season when the Colts. Ran roughshod over the Jaguars. Uh, Marlon Mack had a big hand that day for the Jags. And this is a, it's a running group, man. I mean, and this is what they really, I think, are going to be built to do is hand the ball off and then Phillip can do his damage off the run. Yeah, look, Marlon Mack is a really good running back. He, I don't think he's a very good back out of the backfield as a receiver. I think sometimes he has the Roberto Duran syndrome. Uh, hands of stone and that's why they have Naheem Hines who is more of a threat out of the backfield and he's got great speed and then all of a sudden they drafted Jonathan Taylor in the second round the Colts had quite a few second round picks and were able to pick up a wide receiver and a running back and and the running back is Jonathan Taylor and and he's a good one from Wisconsin and the expectations for him are very high so you have really a a really strong one-two punch and maybe even a three punch if you count Naheem Hines in that category. So uh, the Colts are definitely going to try to lean on what has been their bread and butter, particularly in an opener when you're talking about having a new quarterback. So the Jaguars better be prepared. And uh, watched a little bit of film this week of the matchup that you were referring to, which was in Indianapolis last year. And it wasn't very good, JP. Uh, It wasn't very good by the Jaguars defensively at all. Uh, they weren't getting off of blocks. They were out of position. Uh, you didn't see a, a wholehearted commitment to stopping the run. When I say wholehearted commitment, the numbers were there. In other words, the defensive calls, you fortified the front to stop the run. But you just didn't see the emphasis and the, the sense of urgency by the players in that game. And it turned out to be a game that wasn't pretty. And the Jaguars, obviously, the next time around in Jacksonville last year had a whole lot better performance than they did at Indianapolis and were able to hold the Indianapolis Colts running game in check. If the Jaguars don't hold the Colts running game in check, 
they have no chance of beating the Colts at home this Sunday. There's been an emphasis all offseason, but we really don't know until you go out and, and play what the defense is really going to look like against the run. Can they, you know, they, they've done all they can. They've added the middle linebacker and free agents. They added a couple of other free agents who have opted out or retired for different reasons. And now it's the guys that are here are going to have to step up and do it. And they added Jernigan at the, in the middle of training camp as well. But that, that middle of that defensive line and the middle linebacker spot with Miles Jack on the outside roaming around to make some plays, that's where it's got to start, guys in the right spot. And then you have to have the want to after that. But a lot of these guys are new here. They didn't see that game last year in week 11. No, and I, and I don't know how much motivation that you get out of what happened last year, but, but I'm sure a guy like Avery Jones or Miles Jack, and we're talking about defensive captains, that, that this is in the back of their mind because they went through that, and they know how important it is to stop the run against the Colts. But knowing that it's important and then having the ability to stop it are two totally different things. Uh, it's, a, it's a tremendous challenge for any football team to stop the running game of the Indianapolis Colts. And I think it's a, it's a huge challenge for a Jaguars football team that has a lot of components that are gone, and then a lot of components that were brought in to fortify areas that were maybe a weak spot last year. Some of those guys are gone too now. You know, so can they do it? And, and I think that's a, a big question, and obviously there's a lot of skepticism that is out there about the Jaguars' ability to improve on defense with some of the lack of additions that they had and the subtractions that they had from last year. I mean, because, and I understand it. I mean, if you look at it from a name standpoint, JP, the list is pretty long. Uh, you're talking about Calais Campbell, Marcel Darius, uh, A.J. Boye, Jalen Ramsey, and I know that those guys aren't necessarily run stoppers, and then uh, Ronnie Harrison. I mean, so there's a lot yeah. of new faces with this defense and some of the same faces, and can they do it? We're going to find out on Sunday. Two new faces on defense. First uh, making now their debut in the National Football League, the two first-round picks, C.J. Henderson and Caleb and Chase on. A lot of folks I know are excited about what they could offer on defense this year. What have you seen in camp from the two first-rounders? What do you expect on Sunday? I know they're in two different type of roles, it feels like. Well, I think Kalevon Chazon is ready to be, uh, when I say an impact player, in that it won't appear that he's a, a, a rookie. I think he's going to have successful pass rush. I think he's going to be able to put pressure on the quarterback from week one. He's got a, a real nice quickness to him. He's got some power to him. He's got some advanced hands to where he is, I think, a step ahead of where Josh Allen was last year as far as knowing how to have moves as a pass rusher, whereas Josh Allen last year was just kind of think more, more being an athlete than anything else. So, so I, I think there's a real, there's a good role that Caleb on Chazon is going to be able to fill. He's going to back up Josh on regular personnel when they get to sub, which is nickel, or their dime packages. They're both going to be on the field and both going to be the edge rushers. Uh, C.J. Henderson, I think he's going to have, he's going to get tested. And I think it's going to be very interesting to see what light that they view him in. Will he follow a T.Y. Hilton? Will he match up with other number one wide receivers? 
You know, when you draft a guy number one overall and then in the top ten at that corner position, I think most people would expect that that eventually, maybe not right away, but at some point, you've got to take him and put him on somebody else's best guy. And if you look at the Jaguars roster and that corner position, that's not going to be Trey Herndon. That, that's, just, that's just not him. I think he's a, a good football player, but to be able to match up with a true number one, that's a, that's a totally different level of, of, of ability. And I think CJ's got that ability, but is he ready for it? You know, look, that's why you draft him in the first round. Time to put him on a T.Y. Hilton and find out. Uh, but I'm excited about him watching because I think he, he's, got, he's got the toolbox. I don't think there's any debate whether he has the toolbox. The question mark is, I think with a lot of young players, especially on that, on that position that's on an island, do they have the mental makeup to be able to have success? Because at some point, things are going to go bad. And if things go bad and you give up a big play or you have a bad play, what's your next play going to be like? What's your next game going to be like? You know, can you work your way through it? And I think that's a question that you don't know until you actually get there. Well, we're going to get there Sunday at 1 o'clock, and you can get there as well. Game day just around the corner, and the stadium is open for fans this year. Limited capacity, of course. Remember, protecting the team starts with you, though. Stay at home if you don't feel well. Practice social distancing, and remember, masks are required at TIAA Bank Field this season. Visit jaguars.com stadium and learn more. Tony Baselli, when we come back, it's Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network. Hi, I'm Tito Beveridge, founder and master distiller at Tito's Handmade Vodka. In 1997, we became the first micro distillery in the state of Texas, and we're still making the same smooth stuff after all these years. We're still cooking in a pot still, working with our dogs by our sides, having fun and tasting batches, and I'm still wearing the same hat even after all these years. Head over to titosvodka.com to learn more about what else we're doing the same. Cheers. 80 proof Tito's Handmade Vodka, distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas. titosvodka.com. Jaguars fans, here's a great way to pay with pride wherever you go. Exclusively from TIAA Bank, the Jacksonville Jaguars Visa Debit Card comes with a fierce look and fantastic features, along with the convenience to make purchases online or at millions of locations worldwide. And it's yours, free, when you open a Yield Pledge checking account. Order yours today. Visit TIAABank.com slash JagsCard. TIAA Bank is a division of TIAA, FSB, member FDIC, and the official bank of the Jacksonville Jaguars. When America needed us to build, we built. Masks, ventilators, shields. When local communities and frontliners needed support, Ford dealers answered. And now we're open and ready to serve you with special offers and deals across the Ford lineup. Stop by a Ford dealership or go online. We've made it safer to shop, easier to buy. Built for America. Built Ford Proud. Football is back. And Gardner Minshew and the Jaguars are ready to win. Visit Jaguars.com and join us at the bank. Season tickets mean you'll be there in person for a Thursday night matchup with the Dolphins, a rivalry game against the Steelers, and crucial contests with our AFC South Division opponents. The Jaguars are taking every precaution to keep our fans safe and ensure we can be Duval together this fall. Limited capacity seats remain. Visit Jaguars.com or call 904-633-2000 and lock in your seats for the 2020 season. 
Dreamfinders Homes has a simple commitment to their home buyers. Deliver unsurpassed quality, uncompromising value, and an extraordinary level of customization you simply won't find with other home builders. With over 40 communities to choose from, you'll find a location you love and the home of your dreams. Dreamfinders has townhomes, single-family homes, and custom estate homes starting from the high 100s and a wide selection of move-in ready homes. Quality, value, customization. That's the Dreamfinders difference. Call 904-738-0165 or online at dreamfindershomes.com. Dreamfinders Homes, the official home builder of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Prices subject to change without notice. Equal housing opportunity. At Tropical Smoothie Cafe, one taste and you're hitting refresh now, palm trees swaying now, letting loose now, busting a move now, cranking up the beats now, hands in the air now, feeling free now. You're on Tropic Time now. And right now at Tropical Smoothie Cafe, try our watermelon mojito and guava margarita smoothies. And you're tasting fruity now, sipping sunshine now, toasting summer now. You're on Tropic Time now at Tropical Smoothie Cafe. Yeah, uh, you always have to have hope. Otherwise, you're in the wrong business. You know, we're very optimistic going into the season. We know we have a lot of challenges. We got some youth playing. But really, I think the biggest uh, uh, reason for belief that I have is the offensive line. I think the offensive line uh, is very solid right now with the tackles that we have, the interior players, and obviously the center I feel good about. So with an offensive line, it gives you the ability to do a lot of different things, I think. And hopefully it will give us a chance to get our skilled players the ball in space and uh, between the tackles and, and do some good things. Jay Gruden, offensive coordinator for the Jacksonville Jaguars earlier this week, and welcome back to Jaguars Happy Hour on this Thursday of Colts Week, the kickoff weekend game coming up Sunday at TIAA Bank Field. J.P. Shadrick, Jeff Lagerman, and Tony Vaselli joins us now. Tony, good afternoon. What's happening? What's up, guys? You know, just getting ready for the opener. That's uh, really about it. We got a lot going on. It's uh, it's right around the corner. I can't believe it's here tonight. Is the first game? Well, is it? Yeah. Is it just me, or does it not feel like kickoff weekend? I mean, it's just. I think it's because, like, historically, we've all been a part of this, where you like getting ready for the regular season. Like, you have the preseason games, and you like get tired of pre. Like, you're so excited for the first preseason game. It's like, hey, we're gonna play someone else. It's in the stadium. Yada yada yada. And then by like the third preseason game, you're like, I cannot wait for the regular season. We're so tired of this. And then you're all amped up for opening day. Well, we've cut out such a big portion of it. And we haven't been able to be around the team, Jeff, like we usually are, like talking to people, hanging out, like get really amped up. And then I was like thinking about it today. I'm like, we play a game on Sunday. Like I got, I'm looking, looking through the game release. And, and then I'm thinking, okay, what tape am I going to go watch? Well, there's no tape to watch outside of last year's game, I guess. And they got a whole new offense because of Phillip Rivers and everything else and it's uh it's 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 wacky I think once we get into the regular season um then it'll it'll feel a bit a little bit more normal yeah I I don't know if if, uh if we're ever even gonna feel even close to normal this year I mean you you, like you're saying you typically have a build-up and I think what may even be stranger is that you know we go to the stadium on game day this Sunday and you're you know, talking about maybe 15,000 people. And, uh, it, I mean, talk about different. I mean, 15,000 people, that, that's something that you would get maybe for a scrimmage in preseason. And uh, so it's going to be vastly different. 
And you wonder, as a player, you know, look, coaches can say all they want, Tony, that, okay, you got to have guys that are pros and they're paid to play the game and they got to prepare and they got to come ready to play. But the reality is, look, when I played at Virginia, to use an example here, and we will go down to play Clemson, it was incredible. I mean, great atmosphere. You know, the, the team coming down the hill, touching the rock and getting ready to play football game. And they hammered us all the time, pretty much. And we got beat up. <laughs> but it was fun. I mean, it was 80,000 strong in Death Valley. And then we travel maybe to Duke. <laughs> and there'd be a couple people over in this section, a couple people over in that section, and uh, maybe 12, 15,000 people. Look, I, I know you didn't have that in, in the, in the Pac-12 or 10 or whatever it is, Tony, but I mean, it's gotta be like playing at Duke back in the day. And, and, and yeah, I mean, yeah, you're a pro, but man, having 65,000 plus strong cheering and getting you fired up that I mean to not have that uh, that's that's going to be different yeah I think it'll be really different and as a player Jeff I think once you get on the field and the game's going it's competitive I don't think like the level of play will be uh noticeably different I mean I can remember you remember the last game we played in uh Astrodome in 96 and there was what about 7,000 people in that place we played the Oilers and you could literally hear each other coming off the sidelines. You could hear the yeah, coaches yelling. Yeah, that's what sideline. it's going to be like. But once you got in the game, it felt like a real game. Now, maybe it was because we were playing for the playoffs and we were, like, getting better at the end of the season and we were really trying to shoot for something. But I don't remember thinking um, I wasn't playing hard. But what I think back of is the emotion that was surrounding the game wasn't the same that gave you that, I want to say gave me individually extra juice, but to your point, made it a more fun uh, environment. Like it was just exciting because you like you could sense the, you know the the feelings of the fans and everything else. So I think that will be missing. I mean, I can't you can't replace it. I remember uh, earlier this week or maybe it was over the weekend, I was watching um, uh, football, college football. It was BYU Navy, and I'm sitting there and there's no one in the stands, and I felt like I was watching a scrimmage because you could hear the whistles, you could hear players, you could hear every aspect of going back and forth. Like I felt like I could hear the coaches screaming. And it was missing something. Not I watched it. It was great. It was fun to watch football. Um, but I think it will be different. And then I look at it for Jeff, you and I, and our experience on game day. Uh, like we won't even see JP probably because we're not going to go down to the studio. We're going to spend the nope. whole time up in the booth. We're not going to go down on the field and sp talk to the coaches and get those nuggets that you kind of feel. You get a sense of like how everyone's feeling about the game and you know who's up, who's down. You know. What happened at the end of the practice, uh, end of the week in practice? You know, all those things will be missing. And for me, like, I still look forward to the game. It'll be fun to call the game. Um, but I'll miss that. It won't be as fun um, because of those experiences. So it's going to be a whole different deal. Um, but I still think you'll have millions and millions of people watching it. And I think the nation cannot wait to see uh, football start tonight, kick it off with the Chiefs and the Texans. Hey, JP, yeah, just a, a quick thought yes. here, JP, real quick. The, uh, with this game coming up, and obviously it's the Colts-Jaguars, Phillip Rivers has been training for a game like this the last couple of years or the last year in L.A., right? I mean, how many fans did they yeah, have yeah. in L.A. <laughs> that, were, that were Chargers fans? So about, advantage Phillip Rivers in this instance. 
Interesting thought there for sure. Let's uh, go back to uh, Jay Gruden at the top of the segment here. You know, uh, he was he was talking about the offensive line, and and obviously we've known all offseason, Tony, that they've they've put a lot of eggs in this basket this year. They've brought everybody back. Um, the entire starting line is back from the end of last season. And you can argue this, obviously, for most offenses anyway, but this for the Jaguars' offense is where this season will be made or broken. If, if they play well, then Gardner has time to deal it out to all the playmakers. If they don't, they can't run the ball for some reason, then Gardner is going to have to run around like a chase chicken like he was a lot last year. So it starts up front, Tony, and where is your belief in this offensive line a few days out? Well, I'll say, you know, after – after Gardner Minshew, the offensive line is the most important position group on this entire team, without uh, hands down. Um, I found it interesting listening to Jay Gruden. He sounded like me. I've been like the one proponent of this offensive line, and especially last year, and I got just skewered for it um, because they didn't perform. <laughs> and I was actually, um, and actually said, and I said in a little thing I wrote up today, Brochier is like, like individually, I love these guys. Like individually, they're good players. And I think they would start on other teams. But for whatever reason, as a group, they've been wildly inconsistent. And that has to change this year. They really do have to be the strength. And, um, and Jay Gruden's right. If you have confidence in your offense line and then they perform up to their the expectations that everyone has, it makes the entire team better because it makes everything easier. It makes playing quarterback easier because you can run the ball and you have time back there. It, it makes it easier to get open outside. Um, because they're worried about the run. It makes it easier to run the ball if you're a young uh, back in Robinson who's a rookie uh, that's going to get a lot of carries. So um, I agree with them. Um, I'm a little bit more pessimistic, and it's hard for me to be pessimistic about the offensive line because I do love these guys. But after going all in on them last year and, and taking a lot of heat for it, I still believe in them. I believe in them as individuals, and I think they're well coached. I think George Warhop is a very good coach. I just got to see it happen on the field. And they're going to have to show that they're a consistent group that can uh, really carry this offense. Yeah, JP, the, to go back to your original comment about the offensive line, and, and it stemmed from a question to the offensive coordinator, Jay Gruden, and he was asked about the offense. And his entire response was essentially about the offensive line, and, and I, I didn't hear him, and he didn't go in any way, shape, or form towards his quarterback, which I kind of find found that interesting in that when you're asked a question about your offense, then your answer is about the offensive line. I mean, it doesn't, I mean, usually you're one of, somewhere in there, you're going to talk about your quarterback, but he didn't. I think it's really intriguing how this offense as a whole is going to perform, not just the offensive line, but a rookie running back, a group of wide receivers that we all kind of view as a very talented position, a second-year quarterback that we assume is going to take the next step, but you can't be assured that he's going to take the next step. So I, for me, there's a lot of intrigue, you know, especially with a new offense, a new offensive coordinator in a year in which you've had so many things that were different and restricted in the offseason. And so you didn't and weren't able to rep this new offense and OTAs and mini camps or anything else. So it, uh, to me, it's going to be very interesting to see where they are at. Yeah, um, quite a matchup early this year, too. And, you know, Tony, today another change in the running back room. Ozigbo's gone on IR. They bring another guy in off the street last second. So 
That position group has been a revolving door the last week or so, especially. That's not ideal. No, you got Rock Armstead on the COVID list, and it sounds like he's not going to be back for a while. Um, uh, JP, I'd like you to say who the new running back is they signed. Can you give us his name, please? I'd like – we, we played this game <laughs> earlier. Dara Ogunbowale. Dare Ogumbawale. You were close, JP, but you didn't quite get it. Dare Ogumbawale. Tony, Tony, your turn. Uh, Ogumbawale. Um, he, uh, listen, like I hope Robinson is good, and I hope Chris Thompson, you know, is the scat back that they want him to be because they're putting a lot of eggs in those basket in that basket, and I go back to. I'm of the belief they knew from January that they were going to find a way to get, you know, try to trade Leonard Fournette, and he was not in their plans um, moving forward. And because of that, I'm shocked that they did not do more to address the running back room. And I think now we're seeing, you know, this is a a thin group, and you're counting on an undrafted rookie free agent to be your bell cow, um, more than, you know, really. And Chris Thompson, who's a third down scat back, who has more receiving yards and rushing yards in his career is going to be, you know, your third down back. Not a lot of depth, um, not a lot of room for air, and I hope Dave and Doug were right um, as they kind of put this this room together. I know they like the room. I like. They, I know they like the attitude in the room. But, Jeff, I'm still shocked that knowing how I th- – at least how I think they felt about Leonard Fournette for a long time, that they didn't do more to uh, put some bodies in there. Yeah, I think a little bit of the unexpected happened with uh, with Rock Armstead and then Ozigbo with the hamstring. But the good thing is, is that I think both of those guys are going to be able to return at some point. And then with the rule changes, you also have Cottrell, who was an undrafted running back, Nathan Cottrell, on the practice squad. And so I think you're going to have the ability to maybe elevate him up this week because uh, Ogumbwale is going to be so fresh and, and raw to the system. How much can he actually understand and know to contribute to a game plan? So uh, kind of this is going to be an interesting year. And, and I mentioned earlier, Tony, I don't know if you happen to hear it, about th- the rules are different for the practice squad and how will that relate to, to an issue like you have now at running back to where, okay, you need some, some bodies. You know? So could Cottrell come up? without having to subtract somebody from the 53-man roster. The rules are different for that this year, and teams now have greater flexibility. So I would expect uh, that that could be a possibility. Uh, But then again, maybe Ogunbowale has some familiarity with Jay Gruden's system from somewhere, somehow, and he can hit the ground and and be running. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be a group that I think – Outside of Robinson really just being a stud, and maybe he is. I mean, maybe he's, you know, it's happened before in this league where a seventh rounder or an undrafted guy uh, comes out of nowhere. I mean, just two years ago, Philip Lindsay, undrafted guy from Colorado State, or excuse me, University of Colorado uh, for the Broncos, had a thousand plus yard rookie year and was just dynamic and great. And maybe Robinson is that guy. Let's hope so. Um, but outside of that, I think you're going to see a bunch of bodies back there. And, and I, I agree with Jeff. You can see guys coming up and down from the practice squad until they really figure out um, what they're going to do, what they're going to uh, do with that position or how they're going to handle that. And it's such a far cry from where they were in the last two years. I mean, think about this offense was designed to be built around Leonard Fournette. Um, you were going to be a run first, pound the ball, physical team. Um, 
uh, and that's how you wanted to play. And now they've traded or actually cut Leonard Fournette. They're going with the young quarterback, and they're really finding running backs that fit the style that he wants to play in, and that's out of the shot and a lot of inside-outside zone and, you know, quick throws, quick passing game and everything else. So um, it's a it's a 180-degree turn from where they were even last year, especially two years ago when Blake was the quarterback. Um, and it's very obvious with how they're handling the pers- personnel in that running back room. Something to watch between uh, now and game day. See what happens for the Jags on Sunday at the running back position. Let's come back in a moment. And uh, the captains have been announced. We'll also pick Thursday night football. The season opener tonight, the Texans and the Chiefs at Arrowhead. Don't forget to tune into Jaguars Facebook or Twitter Friday night, 530, for virtual trivia night live with Brian Sexton presented by Bud Light. This will be a special kickoff weekend edition. Prizes will go to the top three finishers. That's tomorrow, 5.30 on Jaguars Facebook and Twitter. Back after this, this Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network. Hi, I'm Tito Beveridge, founder and master distiller at Tito's Handmade Vodka. In 1997, we became the first micro distillery in the state of Texas, and we're still making the same smooth stuff after all these years. We're still cooking in a pot still, working with our dogs by our sides, having fun and tasting batches, and I'm still wearing the same hat even after all these years. Head over to titosvodka.com to learn more about what else we're doing the same. Cheers. 80 proof Tito's Handmade Vodka, distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas. titosvodka.com looking to be your own boss in a proven business model do you like construction and working outdoors superior fence and rail is franchising in new markets all over the southeast from birmingham to savannah and even a few more markets in florida come win with superior fence and rail and redefine the fence industry so get off the fence and call superior fence and rail to learn more about starting a fence franchise today superiorfenceandrail.com Jaguars fans, whether it's on the field or in your finances, the key to success is a solid plan. From high-yield banking to home lending, into retirement and beyond, TIAA Bank offers solutions that can help you achieve your goals and make the most of your money. It's time for a plan. Start building your legacy today at TIAABank.com Jaguars. TIAA Bank is a division of TIAA, FSB, member FDIC, equal housing lender, and the official bank of the Jacksonville Jaguars. In Florida, bicyclists have the same rights and responsibilities as everyone else on the road. So when you ride, follow the rules. Always wear a helmet and use lights on your bike. And drivers, watch for cyclists. Give them space to ride. And don't forget when making that right on red, look to your right first to see if a cyclist is approaching in the bike lane. We all have a responsibility to keep ourselves and each other safe. Alert today, alive tomorrow. Because safety doesn't happen by accident. This message brought to you by the Florida Department of Transportation. At ViStar, we believe in better, especially in helping build a better financial future for our members. So we've reviewed our offerings from the ground up. We've lowered or eliminated over half our fees and enhanced our already competitive rates. Saving members more than a million dollars this year, in addition to the millions we save them every year. If you believe that saving money is better, join ViStar. We never forget that it's your money. All loans subject to approval, insured by NCUA. When America needed us to build, we built. Masks, ventilators, shields. When local communities and frontliners needed support, Ford dealers answered. And now we're open and ready to serve you. 
with special offers and deals across the Ford lineup. Stop by a Ford dealership or go online. We've made it safer to shop, easier to buy. Built for America. Built Ford Proud. Uh, it means everything, you know. Um, you know, that's one of the highest honors you can have is, you know, being voted on by your peers um, to represent them and to be their captain. It's something, um, you know, of all the, you know, awards you can win, that's one that really, um, to me, means means a lot, means the most, because that's really, you know, how you are with the guys around you and uh, their opinion of you. And I think that's the best judge of somebody. Carter Minshew the second Jaguars quarterback and team captain. Welcome back, Jaguars. Happy hour. J.P. Shadrick, Pete, or not Pete Prisco, I'm sorry. Tony Vaselli and Jeff Lagerman with us. Getting the days mixed up on Thursday. Ready for the first game. Let's go. Let's tee it up on Sunday. And by the way, game day, just right around the corner. I, I know. Hey, it's week one. No preseason. Uh, game day around the corner. And we can't wait to be Duve all together again. The Jags are taking every precaution to keep fans safe at the bank this year from cashless concessions to contactless entry. Visit jaguars.com stadium and learn more. Tickets are available in pods this year. Visit jaguars.com tickets for all the info. The Jaguars announced, guys, eight captains, three on offense, Minshew, Linder, and Conley, four on defense, Allen, Miles, Jack, Avery Jones, Jared Wilson, and on special teams, the kicker, Josh Lambeau. Um, is it me or is that a lot of captains, Tony? That's mm-hmm. a lot of captains. That's, that's 15% of your, it's 15% of your, you know, 15% of your roster is a captain. Um, I, I mean, not that what, you know, I've looked at other teams, the, like I've seen most of them like have four captains. Um, I remember Jeff, when we played, I think it was three captains. Um, that was different. Tom named the captains each game. Um, but eight, I was like, wow, that's a lot. Um, so whatever the reasoning is, I don't know what it is. Uh, and the role of a captain is different. And, you know, depending on the team and the culture in the locker room, um, for instance, like we never uh, voted for captains when uh, Jeff and I played. Tom named them each game. And like, but you know who the leaders were. It was very obvious who the leaders in the locker room were. Um, and then other teams and nowadays they vote for captains, which I think is great, by the way. I think it, it, I, I agree with Gardner what he said. It's a, quite an honor. I guess I was just a little bit surprised that we have so many, but more the merrier. <laughs> I mean, with the distancing, they might not all be able to go to the coin toss anyway, right? I mean, yeah, they might I don't know how they're going to be allowed to. It's very crowded. <laughs> one, it it, one it will make for, for an interesting coin toss, I can tell you that. <laughs> Got that right. Uh, before we go on to a Thursday night and picking the game tonight, uh, we we uh, earlier before you jumped on here, Tony, we're talking about the Colts' offensive line, and they played every game last year, all five positions, super consistent. They were a, a top ten rushing attack last year. There, uh, most of them have big contracts, by the way. Now they just paid the center recently. How good is this group compared to others in the league? Oh, I'll just go by what we saw last year. Obviously, I haven't seen what they're going to do this year, but they're very good. Um, top 10 rushing attack, top 10 in sacks allowed. 
Um, they were the strength of the offensive line, and I think they're a very dangerous team because they can protect. And if you give Phillip Rivers a bunch of time, which he hasn't experienced in a long time, because behind that sieve of an offensive line in, uh, uh, in Los Angeles that he had to play behind, um, he was fighting for his life. Uh, he's going to be dangerous because he's going to get them in the right play, in the right situation. And if he has time, he's going to find the open receiver. So uh, I think the Colts are very good, and I think it does start up front with their offensive line. And they got Marlon back back there, who's an effective back as well. And they got Taylor, the rookie out of Wisconsin, who you know rushed for like six million trillion yards in college and uh the words out of campus he's pretty good that yeah might you know the one thing NCAA that we have record well yeah i mean holy cow he's a great he's a great back you know we haven't even talked much about the additions that the colts have to their defense they gave up yep. a first round pick to acquire deforce buckner who is essentially like a calais campbell that can play and he can play a free technique he can he can pass rush, and he can stop the run. He's a great football player. And then yep. Xavier Rhodes at the corner spot, who's a big physical corner. Um, he wasn't Hooker very good the last couple back years. And yet, even more healthy. Yeah, I know, I know. But he's in, in his past, he's been, been pretty good in his yeah. past. So I, I think it's going to be, you know, a better Colts defense. And uh, certainly with uh, another year under their belt for some of those young players that they've had, because, you know, a couple years ago they committed to youth. And so some of those guys, you know, and, and one of them that obviously is the best is Darius Leonard. I mean, he, we don't even have to talk about him coming into his own. The day he stepped foot on an NFL field, he was an impactful player, and he's only going to get better. No doubt about that. Now time to pick Thursday night football. It's the season opener in the National Football League. It's a battle of the two highest paid quarterbacks in league history, Patrick Mahomes and the defending Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs. Entertained to Sean Watson and the Houston Texans kickoff time at 820 at Arrowhead 17,000 expected in attendance who you got tonight in the season opener on kickoff weekend, Tony well, I got the Chiefs all the way. They got the best quarterback in the lead. I think they're probably one of the best coach teams in the NFL um, They're good at every position group uh, On the offensive side of the ball. They got uh, Chris Jones back as the defensive lineman. who's very disruptive I think they're really good and I have I think I think the Texans are a question mark. I actually have them as the third best team in the AFC South. Um, I don't think they're great on defense. Um, and offensively, you know, with no DeAndre Hopkins, I'm interested to see how they run that offense because he was a safety outlet. He was a safety blanket, the pacifier, whatever you want to call. Whenever Deshaun Watson was in trouble, he'd find DeAndre Hopkins. So I think Deshaun Watson is an outstanding player. And because of that, the Texans got a chance. But I think, I think the Chiefs win by 10 points. Yeah, uh, interesting. It will be very interesting to see how Deshaun Watson takes you know, where his game goes without DeAndre Hopkins. A lot of times quarterbacks get better without the guy that they feel like that they have to throw it to and then they just allow the offense to dictate where the ball goes. So could that be the case with Deshaun Watson? I don't know. Uh, but I mean, for me, Patrick Mahomes is such a marvelous player. They've got so much speed. With that Kansas City offense, they've got a very good offensive line, one of the better offensive lines in the league, and they're at home. I don't see them losing tonight. Should be a good one. The uh, Texans and the Chiefs kick off the season coming up tonight. Tony, we will talk to you Sunday on the Publix Tailgate Show. Appreciate it. See you, boys. All right. Tony Baselli out of here. Head coach Doug Marone is coming up. Jeff Lagerman and I will stick around. The Doug Marone Show coming up next on the Jaguars Radio Network. 
You have been listening to and watching Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network.